Hello, and welcome back to Hope, a podcast wishing to inspire listeners everywhere with weekly stories and personal testimonies from our wide range of guests. The Webster's Dictionary defines hope as a desire accompanied by expectation of or belief in fulfillment. I'm your host, Danny Daniel, and thank you for listening. Today, you're going to hear from two powerful guests. First, we're going to hear from Dr. Clay Louder about his family tragedy just last year, losing their family farm and home built from scratch in a fire in just minutes, and how he and his family have handled this loss. He has since published a book called Winter's Travel, a guide to mental, spiritual, and physical health. And through his enthusiasm for life, Clay works to help change other people's lives with his concept of winter's travel. We will then hear from a childhood leukemia survivor, Elliot Kissam, about her battle with leukemia as a young girl, how it affected her, and the work she is doing now for Camp Chemo and kids everywhere affected by childhood cancer. So let's get started with Dr. Clay Louder. We have Dr. Clay Louder with us today that's going to talk about uh, some perils that have taken place in his life, but some great things that are also taking place in his life. And as long as we end up with more great things than perils, I guess we're we're all right. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, So you... uh, I just can't believe because I've seen the picture of your your house. Uh, it looks like uh, Tara or something like that. <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, and and it hadn't it wasn't built but just a couple of years, right? Yes, sir. Two thousand and four. Two thousand and four. Tell us what happened to that house. Yes, sir. Well, on uh, July the first, um, I'd just gone to bed, and my garage. Um, filled with smoke. My alarm went off and we thought it was a burglar alarm. I went outside to check for a burglar and found smoke. And long story short, I was able to get my family out. Um, I lost one of my dogs, my little cur dog britches is all I lost in the, in the fire. And, um, everything I lost was superficial and, um, my family is fine. And so, but, but watching it burn was tragic. It was tragic to sit there and watch it burn. It was a dream house that my wife and I dreamed of when we were in high school, high school sweethearts. And we had, you know, just got it just right where we wanted it. But that's the way God works. Sometimes he'll kind of reach out and tap you a little bit and give you some perspective on life. So we looked at it as a positive best we could. Well, did you ever figure out what started it or how it happened? No, sir. They, they sent out arson investigator after arson investigator, and they never did. They, they After all the investigation, they told me, we know it started in the garage. And I'm like, well, I could have told you that in about five seconds. But they never did figure out the source. Well, now, how did it move from the garage to the whole rest of the house before the fire department got there or something? Well, I live in a rural area. Fire department did great. I mean, they were there. 15 minutes, but it was already too late. By that time, it had already burned. We had some antique heart pine, um, and we had stucco siding, and both of those, I'm told, are are really um, flammable products, and so it just really spread so quick. I was in awe of it. I I, I tell you, um, I read a story about Davis Love III, the golfer. His house burned very similar in, in 10 or 15 minutes as well, so I think um, people out there don't take it for granted. Your house can go very quickly. Always have a good exit plan and ladders to throw out windows and a good alarm system is, is what I recommend after really watching that happen so fast. Well, that, that might save the people, but it won't save the house, right? Correct. Uh, <laughs> Correct. Well, well, I am so, so, sorry to hear that. Uh, what, what about rebuilding? 
Yes, sir. Um, very interesting. I, um, my wife and I bought us a double wide and we moved it right beside our house, hooked it up to the same septic tank and kept on going. And we are, um, probably about 80% with a rebuild. We decided to rebuild almost exactly what we had. We, um, we were satisfied with what we had made a few changes, few arguments, um, how we're going to do it. But, um, it really has turned out to be a blessing. It's given our family and I a lot of perspective and we've been able to, um, you know, kind of bond together as a family and really kind of see what's important in life. And, um, I even wrote about it in my book. And so it's just kind of, it's been okay. It's been okay. Well, tra- tragedy quite often, uh, breeds, uh, bonding. That's for sure. Uh, what about you have kids? Did you say? Yes, sir. I have three kids. All of them, all of them in college at Clemson university, um, 24, 23 and 21 years old and 19, sorry. And so, um, they handled it quite well. I, I tell you, one of the major gifts out of this whole thing is I got to see their response to a material loss. And you always want to know that your kids are okay mentally, physically, spiritually. And and I got to really see the spiritual side of them come out and that their faith was important. And what was really important to them in life was more than just the things of that house. And um, so it's, to me, it was a gift from God, not a, not a punishment or any other kind of, we, we say it was tragic, but not a tragedy. And I guess that's the way we look at it. Well, then, did this house burning have anything to do with your idea about uh, writing a book? No, sir. Um, I'd already written the book before the house. I just, I used the house burning as my last chapter. Okay. And we call the book uh, Winner's Travel, I guess. Yes, that, sir. Uh, and and tell, us a, tell us what moved you to write that book. Man, I've been a reader my whole life. My mom's a PhD in English. And, uh. I had a bunch of patient stories and uh, some miracles um, that I'd seen in my life. And uh, I've always been a writer and I felt the need to put it together in a book. And um, so I'm, I'm real excited about it. So, so what is the book about? Well, um, my, my basic premise is I had a teacher in high school that told me that I need to game plan my life. And uh, I set out to do so. I always have written goals challenge myself and push myself. There's a science to life. And I tried to put that in the form of a book. Um, Winter's Travel is an interesting story that that um, my brother is Clemson sports psychologist. And he told it to me one day like this. Evander Holyfield was talking to Clemson when they were playing Auburn in the Peach Bowl. And he told those young boys, he said, hey, Clemson team, just because you're here tonight, you're winners because winners travel. Winter's travel, and I want you the whole life, your whole life, be traveling and thinking the places to go. And I want you to um, always, always strive to to get better and to do better things and to travel and see the world. And I just jumped on that. I I made that my motto, and it's a winter's travel, a doctor's guide to mental, physical, and spiritual health. And so it's kind of a goal setting mindset, and where if you set your mind and you put it to the written word mentally, physically, and spiritually, you'll get better and you can change your life. Cause we, we only got one shot at it. Life is short and fleeting. Um, as I said, in the last chapter, you might only have 10 minutes to grab something or do anything. And so just, just perspective and realizing what's important to you is what the book's all about. 
Now, say that again. I didn't catch that. Uh, you said it's a, a doctor's uh, advice on or uh, take on mental, mentally, physically, and spiritually living. I didn't catch that. Correct. Uh, a doctor's guide to mental, physical, and spiritual health. And what I do is just go through stories and miracles and patients, patients that I've had that um, were, were healthy mentally, physically, and spiritually. And I, and I challenge the reader to take on that mindset. And I tried to provide, you know, like a coach, much like a coach would, how to, how to be healthy. And that's what I do every day as a family practice doctor. And I just put it in words and use, I think, good old-fashioned Southern humor and storytelling to to, to try to motivate people. Yeah. Well, if you end up giving a lot of your patients that book, you're not going to have patients very long. <laughs> <laughs> well, plenty of, plenty of, um, sick people to go around. So I think it's okay. And I, I'd love to send you a copy of the book and let you enjoy it as well. Well, I would appreciate that very much because it's, it encompasses everything we're trying to do at this show. Uh, this show, the title of this show is hope really. Uh, and we all have hope, and we all want hope, uh, and it's not something that you can earn. It's just something that kind of comes your way, I think. Uh, right. right. But, th- but but things are coming your way, and they're coming pretty fast, um, and I know you'll be glad when you get that house rebuilt and get those Clemson uh, kids back home for the weekend. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, yes, sir. I, I live over in Athens, and there's another team over here, uh, you, you may know about them, uh, but I hope that we're gonna play Clemson one day. I'm I'm tired of this mess. I want to get over there and play them like we used to. Man, Herschel Walker at Death Valley used to be awesome growing up. It's one of my favorite stories. I I was born in Athens. Um, I only lived there a couple of years, and then I went to Clemson for undergrad and South Carolina for med school. So I love you know, Southern football at its best and Georgia and Clemson have had an awesome, awesome series in the past. And I'm like you, I'm, I'm voting to to rebuild it and get it going again. Well, they, I don't, uh, Dabo must be just kind of a miracle coach. I don't know how he does it year in and year out. Uh, yes, sir. But, but great he, guy. And he's, he's been supportive of winter's travel and he's in the book and my brother is Clemson sports psychologist. So I urge all the football fans to pick up a copy and read it and, um, you know, enjoy the football aspect of it as well. Well, if you had to put into words, and we're almost through with the interview here, uh, why would you say that you have become the man that you are today? What what factors have uh, filtered into that? Man, I, I I was raised really well by two people, one an English PhD, and then my dad was a farmer, a cotton farmer, and I grew up learning how to work hard and have enthusiasm and passion for everything that I do and be excellent at it. And um, that inspired me to to love people and to motivate people to do better in their lives like I've been given that privilege. So thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I think that I got a note down here somewhere that you've done a little bit of uh, coaching or motivational speaking. Is that right? Yes, sir. I'm trying to get that career going. So if anybody needs a little help or boost or uh, help your company, I'd love to advertise that part of it as well. Well, I can truthfully say, I mean, you know, we all live in America today and we all need a little pinch of uh, 
of hope and uh, enthusiasm and certainly inspiration. And you've received all of those, and maybe your book would go a long way towards getting people that. I hope so. We got some problems in our society now, and I, I hope to to reach out. I want to make a difference, and um, I want to provide people, especially um, young people, with with this kind of guidance and game plan for their life, like it was inspired to me. And um, I, I hope we're going to make a difference one day, Danny. I love your message of hope, and I'll be praying for you and your show as it grows and grows. And um, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Yeah, the, the the gentleman before the episode we had before you talked about God messing with him. I, I had never heard that before. <laughs> I, I, I think God, you know, lifts you up and things like that. I never heard of being messed with by God, but I, I guess that works for some people. So, so That's we'll, a good point. We'll we'll uh, certainly uh, go with it. Well, y'all gonna have a great football team this year up, up there. Oh yeah, if we can uh, if we can get rid of this virus, I think we're going to be all right. Our our team's really really good this year. We've recruited well for years and years, and so as you know, that's what makes all the difference. Yeah. Well, have you encountered the the coronavirus in your practice? Yes, sir. We um we have a large practice in the middle of South Carolina in Sumter, and we've we've had quite a few patients and quite a few sick people, but um. And it seems to have been spiking lately. So we're really praying and hoping we turn the corner soon and um, kind of get rid of this so we can play football. We need football. We got to, I mean, we got to have hope for football, right? Especially in our two, two colleges. Well, that, that is exactly right. Well, I have enjoyed uh, interviewing you very much and uh, we'll let you know how to get this interview and uh, just wish you the very best in your practice and in your book. Thank you, Danny. You're a winner, and uh, always remember winners travel. Thank you so much. Have a good afternoon. Yes, sir. See you. All right. Learn more about Clay and his mission on his website, claylouder.com. You can also get his book from his website, and it's available on Amazon. You want to get that book. Before we get on to our next guest, I thought it was fitting to mention just that I am a large supporter of UGA Miracle, which is a student-run organization that raises money for Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. No better cause out there. They raise over $1 million a year, and you can be part of that by simply going to ugamiracle.org and then donate. Now on to our next guest. Elliot is here to tell her story and her battle with leukemia, her recovery, and what she does now to raise awareness for childhood cancer. Hello. Is this Elliot? Yes, this is Elliot. Elliot, this is Danny Daniel with the Danny Daniel Show. Hi, Danny. We are just excited to interview you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we we like talking to miracles. You're kind of a <laughs> yeah. miracle, aren't you? Oh, I don't know about that. A, a little bit, I guess so. Yes, sir. Well, that's uh, that's that's fantastic. Everybody needs at least one miracle in their life, don't they? Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit about uh, how you were diagnosed, uh, how long your battle was, uh, some of the things you went through, uh, and then we'll get to the good stuff. All right. Well, when I was six years old, my mom took me to the hospital or took me to the doctor because she thought I had a sinus infection, and my doctor took my blood because he saw I had a lot of bruises and dark circles and came back that I was diagnosed with leukemia, um, and I went through about three years of treatment, 
um, chemotherapy um, in Colombia, and I lost all my hair, and I missed—I didn't go. I missed half of kindergarten and half of first grade, and then I was able to go back to school, thankfully, um, when I was in first grade. Um, but yeah, I mean, life life happened. Big big curveball came my way, so. Um, Boy, it really was. I and I imagine when you first learned of it, you would just maybe you were scared, you had fear, you had a lot of different emotions. Well, it's actually kind of a funny story because a girl, because I went to Hammond at the time in Columbia, and a girl that I knew, she had just gotten over her. I knew of her. She had just died. She was diagnosed with leukemia probably two years before, and then she got through it. And so I remember sitting in the um, doctor's office with my mom and she was crying and I said well Corey made it through so I can make it through too you know I was so young and super positive about the whole situation and then um, I remember my first night in the hospital and that whole day I had been in there had been people sent to me like child life specialists to play with me and make sure that I was doing okay and I met all my doctors and my nurses that I had no idea at the time would make such an impact on my life and um literally ultimately become my family and my mom we were laying in the hospital bed together my first night in the hospital and I I looked at my mom and I said today was a good day mama Mm. and and she said that's one moment that she will never forget um because something about just how everything worked out and how my cancer ultimately turned into such a blessing because I guess it brought us to where we are today and gave us the perspective that we have on life. So, Well, all I can say uh, in my ignorant self about the subject is that God gave you grace to get through that thing. Oh, yes, sir. And uh, he, he did it with uh, flying colors, and it uh, has worked. As it has, you, you kids uh, have got so much more grace than most adults sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he... The Lord was walked with me the whole time. I mean, um, he was so faithful, and he still is today. Um, but, yeah, that's what I often joke about how I peaked when I was six years old because the I, the wisdom and the just perspective and the outlook on life, just it, there's no other explanation for it other than divine intervention. So definitely super blessed. Well, we all need a little divine intervention in our life, don't we? Oh yes, sir. Yes, uh, sir. Let me. Were Were you in the hospital for three years? No. So it's kind of my chemo. What I had was kind of in three different phases. So the first couple of weeks I was in the hospital, and it was very intense. And that's like getting all the cancer out. Um, and then I was in remission for a while. But while in remission, you still get like you still get chemo and it's more like preventative. Like that was the biggest phase Um, just to make sure that the cells don't come back. I had bone marrow sticks and uh, spinal taps and all that and labs done all the time for probably about two years. And then after that, I got my port removed, which is where they put my chemo in my body. And I took like oral chemo for about a year or so. Well, you are a miracle. By golly, you are a miracle, and I'm I'm proud to have the opportunity to talk to you. Uh, what do you think? Uh, 
these experiences did in, in shaping her, you, and, and your family, obviously it made you closer, I guess, right? So, yes, sir. I mean, um, actually, when it, um, my dad tells the story all the time. He worked for SCNG. Um, he still does. Um, and when it happened, right before I got diagnosed, was that really bad, uh, I guess it was an ice storm in 2000 and 2004 and so much of the state didn't have power and my dad was at work and he hadn't been home in about a week and a half because he was sleeping at his office make sure everybody had power on and he says that he was there and at the office and my mama called him and said um Keller you need to get to the hospital and he was like what's wrong and she said it's not me it's Elliot um she's got cancer and we got to figure this out and he he always says that at that moment he said he doesn't care. Up until that point, work was everything to him and doing a good job at work. And he said after that, he didn't care if anyone in the whole state of South Carolina had any power or ever had power again. Cause, um, that is brought- funny. That is, oh, yeah. <laughs> that is funny. Well, do you have brothers and sisters? I have a brother. He's an older brother. Um, and he, I, he's a trooper too, because he was there for me, but he, um, he definitely got put on the sidelines for a good three to four years um, whenever everyone was so worried about me. But he's an incredible, he's an incredible man for sure. Well, um, how, how old are you now? Uh, I'm 22. 22. Yes, sir. Uh, were you able to go back to high school and all? Yes, sir. I went back to school and graduated and played sports. And I just recently graduated from USC and um. I'm so thankful for every opportunity. It, it really makes little, I mean, it's big, big instances in life. Um, my cancer has definitely granted a lot more meaning to all of those um, circumstances. So, Well, I, I'm certain that your cancer and what you went through became a ministry for others. I'm sure it did. Oh, yes, sir. I think, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Camp Chemo, but... That's been kind of my work and kind of like I've always been super driven to kind of give back to this part of the world, the medical world and all the people that touched me and were so good to me during my experience. I've always just felt the need to give back um, to a world that was so good to me. And I've kind of been able to throw myself into camp chemo. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Please, please tell me about it. I'm not familiar with it. Okay, so Camp Chemo, I went as a camper for six years, and it's a camp for cancer patients and their siblings, or one sibling can go. And it's really, it's hard to put it into words how just awesome the place is, but um, it's just a week, and it's a normal summer camp. Like, kids get to do normal things, but they're, all around kids that are just like them and have walked in the same shoes as them. And so it's kind of like a safe haven because for one week out of the year, these kids who go through things that most people can't even imagine, they just get to have fun and be silly and just be like a normal kid. And um, it's really incredible what these people do for these kids at camp. Um, How long does it last and does it have a cost to it and all that? No, it's completely free to the kids. It's all volunteer based. Um, and it's only a week long okay. and we have in like the doctors and nurses all come and there's a full like medical staff 
there in case anything happens. Because a lot of the kids, like my first year when I went, because I was diagnosed in February and I was still on very heavy, like active treatment my first year that I went in June. So it's a lot of like really sick kids. Um, but it's incredible. It's really incredible. Well, so you, you go, you're not a, um, a camper. You, you're kind of a, no, I'm not a camper. I'm now a counselor. So I've been a counselor for the past six years. Oh my. And, um, I work with the group of kids that they're called the peanuts and they're the youngest group. Um, but I've also had the opportunity to like, it's, it's, it's not a huge camp. So you get to know a lot of the kids. And so, and it's more than just the week long camp. Like we're involved in things like all year long, like programs for the kids and sitting with them in the hospital and keeping up with their families and seeing how they're doing and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, that is fantastic. I, and, and so meaningful to a lot of, a lot of families. Oh uh, yes, sir. And let me, let me ask you something. Uh, you uh, talked about doing sports. Now, what do you mean by that? What, did, what kind oh, of sports? I just played in high school. I was able, I was, I ran track and played basketball, and I, I rode horses. Um, and it was just really awesome. I know my parents loved being able to see me and do those things and work when, like, because I just have this second chance at life. Um, but no, I didn't play any like big sports or anything. I was just thankful to be able to be active in high school and I've just been healthy and been doing good so well okay I'm confused did you do did you do track I ran track well this was in high school okay so I ran track and I played basketball and I just got to do normal things and um my family and I were just super thankful that I was able to be healthy and have a normal life after my treatment and everything well, that's when you need to say, "Hey, baby, you come a long way." <laughs> oh yes, sir. Oh yes, sir. Uh, that's that's fantastic. Then to go through college, uh, are you through college now? Yes, sir. I'm through with college, and I've moved down to Charleston, and I'm going to nursing school, and I hope to be a nurse practitioner and specialize in pediatric oncology. Oh my goodness! You yes, you're going to the mountaintop, aren't you? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, that's the that that's that's amazing that uh all this adversity has really blossomed into something of of great value and yes. uh you're determined to make it to have value because you're yes. not uh, talking about what happened uh 6 8 10 years ago yes sir uh i am so proud of you i i know your parents must be i <laughs> I, I guess it's just a matter of that uh you know they they made you right Yes, sir. Uh, to to that extent. So, is there anything that you can say? Uh, we're almost out of time time here. Uh, yes, sir. That our listeners would want to hear uh, about uh, what's been so positive for you and for our listeners that it would give them hope. Uh, yes, uh, sir. What I would like to tell the listeners is that um, in every challenge that life throws you, there's always a chance to grow from it. And in growth and through challenges, you gain, you can gain just such an amazing perspective on what's important and how to treat others and how to treat yourself. And um, I don't know, for me specifically, being able to come out of something on the other side 
um, something as traumatic as cancer and have the opportunity to like throw myself into something like camp chemo and even hoping to be in the medical field one day. Um, I just think that's like the greatest gift of all of all. And so I guess the ultimate lesson is that there's so many good things to be found in bad situations. Um, it's just all about perspective and it's all about growth. And, um, well, I can tell I can tell you this, you've given me hope and, uh, (laughs) you've, uh, when you start talking about the other side, that means you learned a lot about life and you've gotten to the other side, which is wonderful. Well, I wish you every success in your life and with your nursing degree. My wife's a nurse, so I can appreciate that. And uh, you just keep on going for it. Yes, sir. I will. Have a good one. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. We've heard some incredible stories today from Clay and Elliot. If you didn't have your heart touched today in some way, maybe you weren't listening to this, need to listen to the show again, especially from the fact that a little girl, six years old, can beat cancer. And it's almost as if she knew she could beat cancer when she first got it. And I certainly was touched with that. And she wants to be a nurse, so kudos to her. And Clay as well, he's trying to spread the word, you might say, and put people in a position to say, look, there's things that I can do physically, mentally, and spiritually to make myself better. Get his book. Remember to go to our website, thedannydanielshow.com, to submit your story, if you have one to tell, or even if you don't. We'd like to hear from you. Also, come back next week and weeks after that for more episodes. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Danny Daniel.